February 8th, 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, is executed on suspicion of having been involved in a plot to murder her cousin, murder being one of the few things royals were prohibited from doing with their cousins. Welcome to the Revisionists. It's Tater, Brian Tater Flynn. Uh, that, this only works if you pick that one no it doesn't <laughs> it works no matter what <laughs> i'm jen i mean honestly it, i don't think it works even if you pick that one to be honest <laughs> it's not a good like big guy Voice like sound yeah like the crude guy the madman or whatever mm -hmm. you're like the i guess that's usually like the second radio host right i'm yep. zach powers um <laughs> usually like it's like uh like the guy who does um, traffic or something barney and the scuzz like yeah something yeah. like that the the more of the straight man sort of character yeah I guess. this this the the second guy talks with that little grimy voice and the main guy is a little more booming like mm. you know i'm big jim and i'm <laughs> the foosball <laughs> like that I love how you could basically just say any random noun and it in that voice it's entirely plausible as like a radio DJ name. <laughs> it's Giant Mike and the Diva Cup here on <laughs> WBEZ. Okay, maybe not any random noun. <laughs> uh listeners I'm sorry I I did that to you. Uh, this is I'm Brian Flynn. This is the revisionist. Uh, Jennifer Colick is our guest. Hi. <laughs> um, what we do here is every morning we give you the traffic and weather, and uh, we also uh, every couple weeks or so uh, we take a topic from history. One person presents the official uh, Clear Channel sanctioned uh, iHeartRadio approved version of events. Uh, those are the same company. And then another person uh, flips, lays it down, flips it, and reverses it, and gives us a uh, little a pirate radio uh, mm -hmm. version of that person, place, or thing. And the winner goes on to become the truth um, in a conceit that has um sort of depressingly close to how the world actually operates um so yeah we're talking um, there it's um i was supposed to do that part this time but i just i didn't um so oh crap <laughs> sorry yeah yeah i'm supposed to like introduce you guys because you did all the 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 research and stuff uh yeah this sorry. is a comedy history podcast <laughs> I don't know. Whatever he said, um, you know, basically what Brian did and said, and you're going to hear him talk a lot more because he, he did one of the, the actual jobs this time. Um, uh, Sorry, this Zach. is kind of a last one, last minute one. I don't know who did what uh, or what the topic is. So I'm going to throw it back to Brian. To tell me what's going on. Listeners, I want you to know. I did this to Zach. Like he is in this position pretty much entirely be because of me and because of what it's like trying to schedule people in their thirties. And Jen 
thank you for like jumping on sort of in the last like two days not me to clear chill as i say thank you by the way <laughs> I, I wasn't comparing you clear channel necessarily i mean i i did do the actual history yeah like corporations aren't people um but i mean i mean legally I'm, speaking they are but. yeah yeah and i also to be fair like do do people under like 30 know what clear channel is nowadays <laughs> like i remember after 9 11 more relevant point when i remember after 9 11 there was like the whole clear channel fuck off thing but like kids don't know about that gen z's doesn't know about <laughs> fucking clear channel wait what no, did the two things about 9 11 that gen z know about are that uh rudy giuliani tried to suspend elections in new york city uh after 9 11 so that he could be here ever um and two that there was uh, a list of songs that were banned on clear channel station after 9-11 which is what uh, zach is saying, referring to are the, yeah yeah I, th I thought you said those were the two things that kids did know about 9-11 and i was like oh i think no, I, no, those I are the two things like... they know yeah. okay this, so it's like I, I thought the thing they might have known was old was the buildings thing <laughs> the thing with the buildings is what the kids <laughs> you're most familiar with about 9-11 if you know one thing about 9-11 well, it's also bet, either it's probably if you don't if you know literally one thing about it it's probably the thing with the buildings <laughs> yep the the I, of course I, I the bet. two world trade center towers uh the and the other ones uh yeah and if you know two things it's probably like that robert pattinson movie that's like it was like a 9-11 a secret 9-11 movie wait what? wait <laughs> remember me you guys didn't hear don't know do you don't remember this movie oh yeah the twist was that it was 9-11 all along <laughs> what fucking movie is this it's like a love uh, it's a drama love romantic drama and at the very end, like uh, Robert Pattinson is talking to his rich dad and he's like, fuck you, dad. I have the bravery to be with my woman, my girlfriend or whoever. And uh, then it cuts to like a teacher. And, she, and you thought it was taking place in the present day of like 2011 or whenever it came out the whole time. And then you cut to like the girl in her classroom and the teacher is writing the date and it's September 11th, 2001. And they pull out of the building where Robert Pattinson is telling off his dad and it's the Twin Towers and he gets <laughs> killed. One of the planes runs into the room where he is. And that's the sad <laughs> twist ending to remember does, me. Does that, is that the one that has the, sh like on the phone and then looks over the shoulder and the plane is actually, I think so, yes. I've never actually seen it. I just know about the I just know this twist. <laughs> and it truly like was a twist. Like, yeah. They don't let you know that it's 2001 or anything. Um, it's fully a twist ending. That's just 9-11. <laughs> I have a I have a very high threshold for like 9-11 jokes and that kind of thing. That might be the worst thing I've ever heard <laughs> to do. And it was like honestly, like not even that long after it happened. Uh, it was no, 2010. It was, it was, I mean, it's not for it being was, it was 2010, so it's less than 10 years. Yeah, Jesus. oh my god. <laughs>
writes that? <laughs> That's and like when you have like three problems in your story and you're like, I just need an ending. And it used to be like everyone's hit by a truck. And so now I, I like, honestly think it was like they were trying to do yeah. Uh, I, I think they were trying to be like Titanic and use like real life shit to be a backdrop for this romance. But, uh, well, but Titanic, yeah. they let they like eight, let, let like eighty years pass for Titanic. Well, and also movie is called Titanic. You sort of it's know not a what's twist. coming. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you don't know history, it's not boat trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's more like um, Marvel and relaxation. Yeah, that's like it's two thousand one the whole time. You know it's two thousand one the whole time, and like you know what's coming the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I just got an ending for the alternate. Hang on. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, but uh, listeners, uh, this time we are discussing. Grace O'Malley, uh, Anya O'Malley, um, the Queen of Ireland. So, uh, Jen, you're doing the actual history. I am. Uh, so, without ado. Yeah. In in an unexpected twist ending, I am doing actual history. Um, my sources include articles from the Royal Museum's Greenwich. Uh, one of one of these articles actually featured uh, Anne Chambers, who is uh, Grace O'Malley's biographer, um, and Wikipedia, the Irish Post, and Forbes for some reason, like a listicle about her. So, mm. okay, Forbes also. Forbes will okay. write anything. At, it's like five years, Forbes has become like a BuzzFeed type thing. Yeah, which has actually kind of been fun yeah. to watch. Well, they've always been garbage. She briefly was the CEO of GM, so. <laughs> True. True. I had forgotten that uh, in my notes. So the first article I found about Grace O'Malley opened by calling her one of the most famous pirates of all time. Uh, and it ended by saying, we don't know that much about her because she was a woman and I monks who recorded history in the 15 and 1600s uh, didn't want to write about her because she didn't fit the national ideal of Irish women. So that kind of sets the stage for the story going forward is that there's a lot of like contradictory information. Um, like, oh, she's super famous and we know nothing about her. Like, okay. Yeah. So from the age of about 11 or 12, uh, she forged a career in seafaring piracy and was considered a fierce leader at sea and a shrewd politician on land. And you could think like, if there's an 11 year old boarding ship like waving a cutlass in the air you gotta have a bone like oh before before she stabs you yeah, yeah exactly um she successfully defended the independence of territories at a time of ireland was uh falling under english rule and she is still considered today the pirate queen of ireland um one more time what is her name in irish gran male I'm going to make you pronounce all this super Irish shit. Like O'Malley, I know how to yeah. pronounce, but um, the things that go like M for historical context, Henry VIII was King of England and held the title of Lord of Ireland. 
under the policies of the English government at the time, the semi-autonomous Irish clans were left mostly to their own devices. Um, however, this was changed over the course of O'Malley's life as the Tudor conquest of Ireland got. I've seen it also called the reconquest of Ireland. Um, yeah, well, look, I'm about to get on my Irish soapbox here, uh, which is actually a, a, a box of Irish. Um, and so back in the late 11th century, uh, there were just some inter-Irish conflicts uh, among some local lords and the high king and one guy was deposed and whatever he was like oh blah 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 i'm gonna get the normans and invade ireland and mm-hmm. uh, just this thing like like you do that the Normans are just going to help him reconquer ireland and then go away uh and of course don't uh this is after william the conqueror uh william the conquers his way through england and so there emerges this sort of Norman Irish um, sort of aristocracy in Ireland that ends up ruling for the next you know four hundred ish years with some level of uh, assimilation into the Irish Celtic culture, um, and so by the time the Tudor in power, a lot of these of fucking Norman ass motherfuckers have been Irishized, really Gaelicized. That's the word. Um, and uh, there are mm-hmm. in England uh, who are like, oh, we need to make Ireland English again uh, to structure a phrase poorly in a way that I hate. Um, and so that is sort of. Uh, Okay. Uh, province in the west of Ireland. Wasn't that almost your name? Yeah, Mayo. Mayonnaise. <laughs> your dad wanted to name you Mayonnaise. You wanted to be Mayo, not. Yeah. My dad's <laughs> short list of names for me included Liam, uh, Corky, and Mayo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what my dad would do, put a bunch of burner names on his list for me that he knew my mom would cross off. And do one more than my mom. And so he had the name he wanted by basically throwing in a bunch of burners and knowing my mom call his bluff. Terrible burners. And then also, uh, but then to show that you were indeed his son, in high school, you were known for much of the time uh, by a self-selected name, which was Day Day, which I think was from the film Friday? Yeah, it was because I we had to pick nicknames in theater class, and I had literally watched Friday the night before, and it was the first thing that came to my head. I think that's the worst that you can do to a teenager. (laughs) Room full of your peers and pick a nickname for yourself on the spot. Brian's was maybe the only one that stuck to any degree. Like people did actually call him that for a while. That is how you introduce yourself. They still do. Some people still call you that. Great. (laughs) um yeah i'm sure whatever people ask me like to pick a nickname it's always like some combination of my my initial spell zap so it's usually something like that um and it doesn't you know it doesn't stick and it has a it's fine it's not embarrassing i still 
I still like your your nickname in uh, military alphabet uh, language. You had that like stand up joke with Zulu Papa. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's a solid nickname. Yeah, my yeah, construct yeah, is Bravo Foxtrot. Yeah, uh, which is my favorite comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so, so, so Matt, um, grew up at the family castles of Belle Claire and Claire Island. Um, it's likely that she would have been educated at the library. Um, she was the only daughter of the Archchieftain Owen, um, O'Malley and his wife, Margaret. Um, the O'Malley clan's motto is powerful by land and by sea. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as advertised. But she, so she grew up like the daughter of like a clan chief, basically, and like lived in fucking castles and like went to like a monastery boarding school and shit. Um, she, right. hmm? no, 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 I just. Uh, nodding along to the story a little delay ah, oh. um there it, it's which i know because like in one of the english sources it was like oh well when um of course it was all about like the time that grace o'malley met queen elizabeth um and they noted specially they talked in english because the queen didn't speak irish imagine that and uh Grace O'Malley didn't speak Latin, but then there are multiple other sources that were like, yeah, she spoke Latin. She was educated at a monastery. Like, she had a formal education. Yeah. She fucking spoke Latin. Um, anyway. Um, unlike most other Irish lords who made their living by farming, the O'Malley's were a seafaring family. Uh, uh, see also their clan motto. Mm -hmm. They control Clue Bay and surrounding land where the clan fish traded and taxed others who fished uh Grace was actively involved in the O'Malley seafaring um which is also important because there are some other sources who are like oh she learned pirating from like her first husband and it's like no no she her family were she came from a family of pirates yeah. like i mean like seafaring people like fishermen like traders up but also pirates yeah. um so but piracy is just like boat crimes at this point. Yeah, it's so. boat crimes. Like, that's, you know, it was part of their portfolio, okay? They had to diversify. Mm -hmm. um, there's a legend that when Grace was young, she wanted to travel on an expedition, I think, to Spain with her father. And she was told she couldn't go because her long hair would catch in the ship's rope, uh, so cut it off. Um, there are a lot of stories of Grace O'Malley being bald, having short hair. Um, these are the only bits of folklore or legend around her that appear not to be true. It appears to actually be the result of like her name in Irish sounds the word for bald in Irish. Oh, and that apparently like might be the source of this like hmm. part of her legend. Um, because like none of, none of this shit was ever written down. Um, for like a long time um where are we oh during her life she acquired several castles through conquest and marriage 
um, including Duda on Black Saw, which has an interesting lighthouse. <laughs> it looks like a little fort. It's very cool. As opposed to all those boring as shit lighthouses. Look, most of them just look like like dicks with lights. Them. One looks kind of like a fortress. It's got like green windows. It's fucking cool. <laughs> so they're doing a little like a little headlamp, basically. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, like they're like mining for coal or something. Speaking of Robert Pattinson um, movies, as we were in the intro, um, <laughs> <laughs> in the film The Lighthouse, originally in the script. There was literally going to be a match cut between Robert Pattinson's erect penis and the lighthouse, but the studio was like, "You got to, you got to cut that, Robert." Eggers. Okay, but was it really his or was it body? Well, they didn't shoot it. Uh, I oh. wouldn't be surprised if he if he had done it. He seems like that kind of guy to me in terms of his acting, like the projects yeah. he picks now. Yeah, I could see him going for that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yeah, her new movie, his new movie is going to have like a cut between his erect penis and the Twin Towers. Oh my God. Too soon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then a little toy plane. <laughs> a little balsa wood flyer. Now I'm just thinking about like a penis splinter. Ah. which is the worst i mean it's not worse you than actual you should probably 9/11. bleep that out no it's not worse than 9 <laughs> let's keep things in perspective i feel like we're getting a love track oh really <laughs> um so Basically, like uh, a lot of lot of the territory that she acquired in her life was centered um, around the bay, uh, Clue Bay, where um, her like ancestral like castle and homeland and stuff were. Um, on the west of Ireland, um, more in the north. Um, the each stronghold was situated in a strategically important location. Mm-hmm. Go- coastline and defending the local waters x by whom <laughs> except like in in further reading like the the different clans at this time were basically always like going to war with each other and assassinating the shit out of their leaders and all this stuff so uh, attacks by everyone and anyone basically um in fit 46 so at about age 16 uh grace married the heir to the o'flaherty clan Donald O'Flaherty. She became active in Irish politics and supposedly, yeah, Donald taught her how to do piracy, except I don't think that's true. Um, uh, yeah, in any of them, her husband was murdered by a rival clan. Um, and they, there are conflicting sources, like some say, like the clan that murdered Donald um, also took his castle, and that Grace, like, basically like war them um with like her desbit men and took the castle back um sources that say the castle was just attacked and they expected her to surrender and she fought them off um but in any event th- 
that castle she got by marriage and conquest. Right. Yeah. And um, Donald's men was um, basically her first, like, crew of, like, pirates or, like, her first, like, little mini army that she had was, like, Donald's men who would stay with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, after her husband's death, this is from the Irish Post, um, Grace allegedly took the shipwrecked son of a Wexford sailor as her lover. Uh, tragedy, he was killed by a rival clan. <laughs> And so, seeking vengeance, um, she attacked this rival clan's castle, um, ruthlessly killed the guys who uh, murdered him, and that's how she got her nickname, the Dark Lady of Duna. Duna being the name of the castle. Duna being the name of the castle. Um, it was, it's not just Irish in sense. Yeah, but it, also, like, this is, a, like, a lot of the stuff that she, like, it's all, like... The piracy is a lot of like for profit, but like all the shit she does on land is like ninety nine percent for revenge. <laughs> also, yeah, you know, yeah, business at sea, party in the yeah. I quibble with the idea that uh, just because a castle is named a thing doesn't mean that thing that name is not nonsense. Uh, I think most castles are named after nonsense. <laughs> I was going to say, but I didn't want to sound racist. <laughs> Look, as someone who's done a tax act, do you have carte blanche <laughs> to make fun of the Irish? Uh, I feel like that's a loose interpretation of an Italian accent. Yeah. You do like Brooklyn Mario. Who I guess Italian. that's an Italian accent. Yeah, yeah never mind. Um, so her plundering and piracy missions actually took her uh to like scotland and so like once or twice to spain also um she did say mostly on the western coast of uh, of ireland she got around you know um at the time when she was living um ireland actually had a lot of cattle and the wealth of every chieftain was numbered not on the acres of land he had but on the number of cattle these acres could support uh, um, cattle raiding was part of Grace's and her ships would have to take some of the on board. So they would literally like sail down the coast, like steal your fucking cattle, load them onto a boat and just abscond with them. It's going to be hmm. such a like kind of slow getaway. A little, cause what are your wheels? Your wheels are a sail full of cows. And about 200 men. Yeah. So yeah, probably probably kind of a slow getaway. It's not the fucking Italian job. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Uh, her galley ships from English historical were like pretty big. Um, as I said, 200 Um, They were also super versatile and close to the shore. Like they literally could just like up to the shore, like load the cows on and like take off. So actually it probably was pretty fast to the 1500s. Sounds a somewhat like Vikings, which would also work in Ireland. There were actually comparisons to to her um, mm-hmm. between her ships and Viking ships. Um, she also invented a new type of piracy. Uh, she would take tolls at sea, safe passage, 
much. Um, so it's kind of like mafia piracy. It's like, hey, this water is our territory, so you got to pay the toll or we're going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, pay for safe passage or we'll uh, sink your And that's when someone was also like, got on the phone and said, you know that new kind of piracy you've been looking for? Listen to this and held it up to a bunch of people being extorted for protection money. <laughs> it kind of makes sense when you think because one of the sources of income for her family when she was a kid was like charging to people who fished from their shores. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, but on the water. It lost my place. Oh yeah. Um so Yeah. They they took tolls on ships which Grace maintained were passing illegally through waters controlled by the O'Malley clan. Actually a really busy route. Um traffic was coming up from Spain to Galway and then onwards to like Ulster and Scotland. She actually like it was a good idea. <laughs> um, they had, Mellies themselves had long established trade links with Spain. Um, so actually importing stuff like iron weapons, wine, um, in exchange for salted fish, pine marten skins, fleece, uh, cattle hides, and tallow. Mm -hmm. so they were also doing legitimate trade business too. Um, mm. Like I said, they, they diversified. You know. um, her biographer, uh, Anne... Chambers um, said she was quite a wealthy businesswoman in her own right, which I kind of appreciate. Uh, folklore suggests that Grace was pregnant with her son. How do we pronounce this? Oh, fuck if I know. Um, There's like an actual anglicized yeah. somewhere. Oh, actually, I want to mention this first. Um, this with her uh second husband um she apparently had a oh, i forgot where i read that. she had like a prenup with her second husband that basically said like we'll try it out for a year uh, and I'll decide if i want to keep you uh and it turns out she didn't and she kicked mm -hmm. him out of his own castle this, this is actually the law in ireland for like pretty much all marriages mm -hmm. Yeah, before the English reconquest, uh, well, I don't know if we're actually going to get to that. Um, Irish clan law um, was that marriages could have, you had a, a year and a day to do a trial marriage. And if you don't like it, you could just do species and like no one uh, with no like, you know, divorce feelings. stuff. Yeah, sure. That's actually really cool, especially considering that her first marriage, when she was like married off at 16 to like another clan chief, that is like a political marriage. Mm -hmm. And usually when like women are traded by men for political purposes, like there's no takesy backsies. Yeah. I don't know how common it was for like aristocratic marriages, but for most commoners, like that was how it was done. It sounds like she was doing it for her second marriage. So it may have been her adopting that or that may have just been an unmentioned part of the um aristocratic marriage so that brings us back to um her third son 
Tybalt. It's not Tybalt, but it looks like Tybalt. Tobias. We're gonna we're gonna go with Tobias for now. Um. So she guess that Grace was pregnant with Tobias while she was at sea. And pirates ambushed and boarded her ship. Um. She wrapped him up in a blanket, went up on deck, rallied her crew, and captured the Algerian vessel. <laughs> Anne Chambers, um, Grace's biographer, believes that this is true. Um, for one thing, there are contemporary pirates raiding that part of the Irish coast. Um, and further, Grace was just a complete and total badass. Um, just the first time I tried to get up after giving birth, my legs immediately collapsed under me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was almost certain the epidural, but you, you get my drift. Yeah, you weren't fighting any Algerian pirates. No, uh, no. There All was... Tunisian. <laughs> I was going to say Irish since your sister was with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So we, we kind of talked about this before, but during Grace's lifetime, under what tremendous social and political upheaval, the old Gaelic laws and customs that were present at her birth had been swept away by the time of her death um, as the Tudor reconquest of Ireland took hold. Um, part of when it happened at that time, like during her lifetime, is because Queen Elizabeth thought her enemies, including King Philip II of Spain and the Pope. Yeah. Uh, oh, was she Protestant? Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, she She's was. Pro- she was like the other than Henry the Eighth, like the most Protestant person. You oh, could that's think of. right. Henry fucking yeah, yeah. Half part of the Mary Queen of Scots was really like executed. Like partly it was like trying to assassinate her or whatever. Yeah. But like it was also to um just Catholic and Protestant. Oldest mm-hmm. rivalry on the books. Itchy and scratchy. <laughs> um, basically, like, Lizzie thought that um, the Pope and the King of Spain were going to use Ireland as a backdoor to attack England. Which they were. She was not actually wrong about that, to be fair. Oh, okay. Fair. I, it's hard to tell what's, like, royal paranoia and what's, like... Oh, it's both. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so in 1584, the English naval commander, Sir Richard Bingham, was appointed governor of Connacht. 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 Uh, in which the lands of Grace and her extended family were located. Um, Anne Chambers says Bingham was one of the new breeds of Puritan military men in the service of the queen. Fucking Puritans. Um... (laughs) So he was he was especially antagonistic to Grace um, because, you know, Puritan sexism. Like, he literally, like, was like, this is not, like, fit conduct for a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so her, her eldest son, Owen, um, was actually murdered following a dispute with uh, John Bingham, who is the governor's brother. Um, again, avenging the murder of her son. Um she just went into like full-on land-based rebellion also um this by the way was when grace was like 56 um so don't let anyone tell you you can't be a strong powerful woman after 50. (laughs) go and avenge your children (laughs) um grace was actually captured by bingham um 
and later testified that he built a gallows, like, I guess, outside where she was held captive. Um, like, she thought that he was just going to hang her. Um, such was Grace's importance as a leader that on hearing of her capture, the Irish chieftains came together and gave hostages to ensure her release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bingham retaliated by um, confiscating all of Grace's cattle, um, horse, um, all of her lands. Um, she ended up basically like losing all of her property um, and she was forced to live on one of her ships. Um, so she was like on the brink of poverty, completely isolated. Um, her son had been murdered. This English fuck was fucking up her shit. Um, it was a real bummer. <laughs> So, it's a real bummer my son was murdered yeah, yeah. no so so it, bingham after this arrested her half-brother um name please donald murray 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 no no the other guy um oh. donald donald oh peep peepy <laughs> Look, they're going with Popey. Um, so, oh, Tibbet. Tibbet is her son's name. Um, so her sons, Tibbet and Murrah, um, and then her half brother, Donald, mm-hmm. uh, were arrested by Bigham. Um, this is multiple sources say, like, the three of these guys are arrested, and that's why O'Malley sails to England and petitions the crown. But every single source that I found said that she only petitioned for the release of her son, Tibbet. Not her half-brother and not her other son. Murrah <laughs> <laughs> um, was apparently a real piece of shit. <laughs> like her other son, she actually fucking hated him. Um, he like mm. beat the crap out of his sister. Yeah, and it's like, a real uh, I don't care for Job kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna petition for the release of all. Like, oh, he's he captured all of them. I'm fucking going down there and trying to fucking. And then she's like, eh, fuck two of them. I only want, I only want the special one. She, she actually like, basically disowned him at one point. I'm guessing it was before this um and only ever mentioned his name after that to curse him mm-hmm. he was a real piece of shit um so she apparently didn't go rescue him just the good son uh the historic meeting with queen elizabeth the and the a pirate queen took place in september 1593 at greenwich castle um and this is where, like, the, the English articles were all like, well, they spoke English because Grace couldn't speak Latin and Elizabeth, you know, she, she didn't speak Irish, obviously. Um, the, the encounter was kind of a mixed bag for Grace. Um, Elizabeth did grant the release of her son um, on the condition that she ceased all rebellion against the crown, um, which, of course, didn't fucking happen. Um I found conflicting stories of what happened with Grace O'Malley's other requests, um, including the return of the land that Bingham fucking stole from her. Um, mm-hmm. No mention anywhere of the cows or the ponies. 
Like we, history doesn't say what happened to them tragically. <laughs> um, some sources say that um, like these requests were denied. Um, others say that Elizabeth actually did return Grace's stolen lands um, and that she was allowed to quote unquote, continue with her career at sea. Yep. <laughs> um, what is known just like a parent, like, or like not a parent, like an aunt or an uncle hearing someone does stand up and be like, Oh, good luck with your little skit next week. I'm going to see, I'm going to, you had some, you had some good bits. <laughs> What, so what we do know um, is that Elizabeth eventually reinstated Bingham in Ireland. Um, I guess for a while he was unstated. I don't know. Um, upon Bingham's return to power, Grace and her clan uh, supported the Irish insurgents during later clashes with the English. So like as soon as this son of a bitch was back, she was just like, all right, fuck you. It's like it's back on. Um, as a pirate, um, O'Malley was largely written out of Irish history um also because like she was a woman and her her life didn't really support like the you know national irish ideals of womanhood or whatever um so contemporary irish historians like didn't really write her shit down um most of her exploits were kept alive by oral history and folk tales in ireland like people would like tell stories about her like around the fireplace in the evening basically um there, there was a lot of support for the like veracity of these stories found in English state papers and records, mm -hmm. um, like all the stuff about um, what's his name Bingham and like the records from her petition to Queen Elizabeth. Um, Queen Elizabeth like wrote a letter that mentioned their meeting at one point. Mm -hmm. um, so it it makes it difficult to like verify a lot of stuff about her but because it's also like you know i just googled around and found some articles i didn't like do original research um so but in any case like this it makes it difficult to kind of pinpoint the precise year and location of her death um what most modern historians agree on though is that she died at the age of 73. Mm -hmm. She died of old age after a career as a fucking pirate. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, she was probably the most successful pirate in history. Like, what other pirate do you know of that died of old age? Um, I mean, you're you're asking me to name all the pirates I could think of, like, offhand. You host like, a history podcast. Okay, but, like, <laughs> I'm not, like, a, I'm not fucking super horny for pirates. Like, I don't... <laughs> And this isn't the best host of a history podcast. He that knows the least about history and so can learn <laughs> the most. You see? The curiosity that that uh, can drive you to learn new things when you don't already know them. Um, that's also how history works, where you know you don't know just one or two areas that you specialize in. You know all of them. And so, yes, ask me about pirates and also the silk trade. <laughs> what, what area of history do you specialize in? Uh, you, you, have, you have more in your script. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to say butts. I mean, look. <laughs> That's a good, that's more of science than art. 
than art. What? We're talking about history. What? Look. Look. And I think you could make an equal claim between science and art for butts. Okay. It's true. You can. It's true. I mean, it depends on... Look at the Venus de Milo. Yeah. There's lots of butts in art. Art, Artistic depictions of butts go back as long as art itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's the first paintings of the Lascaux cave wall were, of course, of, like, a a thick dumper. Like... (laughs) Just, like... (laughs) Yeah, it was was the first recorded mention of juicy couture sweatpants. (laughs) on a a final note uh so yeah she was she was so fucking good at being a pirate that she died of old age um in her 70s uh she was buried at the abbey on claire island um which is the same abbey where she learned to read and write as a child Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of poetic and shit that's also like a side effect of like teaching children in like abbeys and monasteries where like you're having classes where there's a bunch of like graves and tombs around you which is kind of kind of chill the bus i took to high school every day went past the graveyard where my uh, grandparents are buried (laughs) okay yeah yeah also louis armstrong oh okay yeah and um yeah it's kind of nice though to be like uh whatever you're five years old and um you know, you're like curious. You're like, "Hey, teacher, you know, where will where will life take me?" And she could just point out the window <laughs> and be like, "Sooner or later, it's gonna be right about twenty feet from where you're sitting right now, and six feet down." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very, like, that's a very playful teacher to be also, like, it's half kind of joking around and half, like, ghost of Christmas future. I dig it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, kids got to learn about their mortality sometime. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I remember my, like, fourth or fifth grade science teacher being, like, she was, like, super old. She was, like, a few years away from retiring. She was just, like, we were learning about global warming. And she was like, oh God. listen, this is going to be your problem. I'm going to be long dead. <laughs> I was and, just like, oh, fuck. And that, of what course, remains story? the attitude of yeah. Yeah. pretty much most <laughs> boomers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, um, anyway, Jen, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but, you know, I... Uh, I have a bit of a different take on the story of Granio O'Malley, um, Grace O'Malley, which is just, it's, guys, as an Irish person, I'll just say this. English makes more sense to me to speak. And English is a, is a bug fuck language. It's bad. And maybe I'm not a native Irish speaker and maybe I don't have the, cultural immersion required to sort of make this sort of judgment, but I'm just going to use English. Um, I also want to point out listeners um, like, yeah, your name is Flynn. You're like an eighth Irish. Yeah. Something like that. You're like more everything else than you are Irish. It's true. Um, But 
when you grow up Irish, like that's it. That's like like when you grow any, up with an Irish name. When you in and like an Irish family. I'm not saying I I didn't fucking grow up on the burren, but like it's 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 a sort of ethnicity that overtakes a lot of others. Like I don't I don't I know a, just enough to know I'm German and like cool, I don't need to go into any more detail than that cuz also Germany. Uh same with French um and whatever other bullshit my family got into. Um but anyway um so grace you know she did she set out to sea when she was very young 11 or 12 and you know the piracy is a lot like any sort of any sort of like like kids who thought going to war was like going to be all excitement and adventure, uh, which those kids grew up to be Donald Rumsfeld. Um, but, you know, they actually, when people actually go to war, they find out a lot of it is just a lot of waiting around and being bored. Um, and piracy is no different. Um, so for every time you come across, you know, a galleon full of gold and doubloons and gold doubloons like for every time you do that it's hours and hours and just hours of waiting sitting on a boat looking at water smelling water tasting water uh touching water getting crapped on by birds yeah exactly having your hot dogs stolen by birds yo fuck those seagulls <laughs> look <laughs> It doesn't have to be it could just seagulls in general too. Um yeah. we're not listeners, if you can find the seagull that stole Jen's hot dog when she was what in high school? No, no. I was like maybe ten. Okay. Uh but if you could find that seagull, fuck it up. Um uh, and that will be revenge. Um, because that's the point of movie dick. Uh revenge on animals is possible and chill. Um but so to fill her time on the boat, Grace would sort of in the great Irish tradition, uh, she liked to spin a tail or two, you know, uh, she had, she had the gift to gab, the, she had the kiss of the old Blarney stone. Ah, tight, tight, tight. Um, so she would usually gather the other sailors around her, um, and tell stories about you know, some of them came from the past, from Irish folklore. You know, Finn McCool, Brian Baru, a lot of the other um, stuff. Um, and but sometimes she would sort of, you know, fire one off the top of the dome and just talk about this, you know, red-haired woman who sailed the seas, sword in hand cows on boat um just sort of tugging along and making a name for herself on the high seas and having all the adventures that they weren't having at the moment because it's so fucking boring to be in a boat i cannot stress this enough other than all the fear of being on a boat is like you are constantly afraid of dying and you're also the most bored you've ever ever been it's boats are bad um 
if you can what about uh, a fabulous disney cruise i could think of almost nothing worse than being on a cruise ship at any point let alone when there is still a pandemic going on uh, <laughs> even then like they're hotbeds of norovirus um some of this is informed by the fact that i can't swim anyway um and so she found herself getting enraptured by these stories so much so that she would take to her cabin at night after telling them and write down the ones about this big lady, big lady pirate, um, BLP. Why she got to be big? Well, like adult, I mean, <laughs> like you're Ted, like they're fucking, they're all grownups are like big people to you when you're Ted. Oh, so um, this is, this is, this is 10 year old Grace telling the story. Yeah. Okay. I may have said 11, but you know, whatever uh potato potato um and so she eventually fills like her her diary with these stories um and she would constantly be stewing over them and reminiscing and looking over the um rail of the ship there's a name for it Hull, there's some special fucking boat name. They have special boat names for every goddamn thing. Uh, boats think they're so fucking special. Um, but listeners, if you know the name for like the wall of a boat, uh, keep it to your goddamn self. I don't give a shit. Um, so she would look out and um, she would think about these stories and think to herself, what if, what if you could change your fate? Um, and so she did. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the training from her family. Uh, and it definitely wasn't the fact that her second husband was a pirate or first husband was a pirate and like anything like that. No, she trained herself to be a pirate because she wanted to become the the pirate she wrote about in her stories and the pirate she dreamed about. Um, and you know, you see this sort of sense of incorporating these things from like a child's fantasy into even like her, her pirate empire, for lack of a better term, like every, every castle it's, she built. Uh, it's a bulwark. Yeah. Yeah, there thank you, you go. Thank you. So now we, uh, thank you. Now I have, now I have to fucking know that boat shit. Um, <laughs> no, thank you for that because that would have bothered me. Um, like every time she would build a fortification, which she did in the wars, and like Irish castles at the time, they're not the castles you're thinking of. They're very shitty castles. Like it, they're good at castles. They're good at being a castle. They're not that impressive. They're like a ranch house almost. Um, but next to them, she would put little tiny fairy castles uh, for the fairies that inhabit Ireland to go and, you know, plunder and kill the English. Um, and, you know, she did all of these things. And so even her meeting with the queen, that was something from her stories. Because at the time when she was a little kid, yeah, Henry VIII was king of England. And so, you know, it's not, it's not hard to imagine someone 
you would enjoy meeting more than Henry VIII, uh, who was just basically gout in a robe um, and just, by all, by all evidence, a bad person. Uh, let's just say it. Um, so she came up with this figure of this severe, stately English queen um, who she called Lizard Breath, uh, turned out to be Elizabeth, but, you know, close enough. Um, and so she talked about the meeting between the pirate in her stories and this queen who, you know, despite the things they had in common, um, was committed to taking over not just her land, but all of her island. And so when she sort of saw this made manifest, she realized her stories had come full circle. And she had never really written as a child about the demise of the pirate from her stories. Uh, because why would you? Why would a child write that story? Um <laughs> Like, listeners, if your children are writing about deaths a bunch, uh, ask them how they're doing. Uh, talk to your kids. I don't know. Um, but so after this meeting, she took out her diary for the first time since she was probably a teenager and wrote the final story of the pirate Grace O'Malley, which was that she died uh, of old age, sleeping in a castle uh, with a sword in one hand and um, the death certificate of her idiot son in the other. <laughs> and, Fuck that guy. But this was the only story of hers that didn't come true because one morning she woke up and found herself uh, sitting uh, high above a bustling city um, and looking out of a large window uh, at a fall morning and it was 9-11. Uh, okay, the end. Great. Thank you, uh, everybody, for uh, your, your presentations today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Powers. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Powers, Ramos. are you playing DraftKings again? <laughs> uh, um, I was forced to delete the app after losing all of my money. <laughs> um, so, regardless of my personal foibles, uh, I probably should be telling you kids about my crippling addiction to gambling. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I have to do what all teachers do and choose the better student. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> uh, before we do that, uh, let you kids know that I have another podcast called The Movie Trap. Mm -hmm. As I stated, I lost all my money to gambling. So if you listen to that, it might help me in that regard. It's a movie. It's a movie show. Uh, do you have anything to plug, students? 
Um, so this is obviously not a thing I'm involved in. Um, but if you want listeners to support the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, uh, which is currently um, handling bail money for a lot of the uh, forest protectors and other people um, fighting against the development of uh, Cop City, uh, basically urban warfare uh, training facility for cops in the pristine forest outside Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund is handling their bail and a lot of their legal fees because they are being hit with ridiculous charges. And um, so please, if you can, fund um and yeah and i would like to plug um, a book that i'm currently reading it's called buried in the sky the extraordinary story of the sherpa climbers on k2's deadliest day um if you like stuff like into thin air um or if you like history because it goes into a lot of the history um of like the sherpa like people um and the history of like that part of the world it's super super interesting um and i am having super fun time reading it um i would also encourage you to support your local food not bombs organization mm -hmm. and uh heckle your local school board because i don't know where you live but they're probably up to some shit. yeah i mean depending on what you heckle them about um yeah, yeah heckle them is... about the right things not don't yeah listen. don't be a piece of shit yeah don't be a don't be a yeah if you're still a piece of shit listening to the show stop being that or stop listening the for the former would be better i guess yeah i i would we prefer make, the former yeah if you were like i'll take one of the two requests to take take the first one yeah um i mean if you still want to listen and you still want to be a piece of shit at least give the show money Sure. Uh, yeah, but don't tell me you're a piece of shit. I'll take money from a piece of shit. That's fine. <laughs> it's the asshole test. That's what capitalism is, yeah, actually. Not gonna, yeah. It's less money for them to spend on piece of shit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, man, I can't buy this fucking supplement from Alex Jones. Any... Uh, I can't buy yeah. Brain Boost Gold or whatever. Anyway. On to the final part where I tell you who I care about more. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so uh, although I'll admit there were a couple minutes during the, the real story where things got a little choppy on the call and I missed some shit. So I hopefully didn't miss her doing anything fucking terrible. More like not just piracy which is like who gives a shit but like you know really bad stuff no um, she was cool all around uh yeah i got the vibe that this is like oh this is a one of the ones where i should probably be like oh this real person was pretty cool i don't know how often we're gonna get that with the pirates theme i mean last time we covered <laughs> the worst people, people killing babies with trees or whatever um, so I think maybe, uh, uh, I think this time I should take the golden opportunity to pick the true story, uh, 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 on this killer occasion. Yeah. Oh yeah. I win again. 
Yeah, listeners. Um, sorry, Zach. I did not realize it was cutting out because it was. So... Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no, no, it's it's all right. It was only for a few minutes. Okay. Um, hopefully that doesn't show up on like the Zoom recording, but we'll we'll figure it out. I'll... Um. Anyway, but Jen, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Zach, thank you as always. Mm-hmm. And uh. Bean. Thank you, Bean, for being here. Yeah. Thank you for not farting directly into the microphone, even though your asshole is almost directly against it. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows who's what, who or what. I guess you could infer it's a pet of some kind. <laughs> you could. I will neither confirm nor or maybe deny it's that. our producer who's been here every episode and it's our just a guy. Producer. Beat is my original life partner of yep. going on 12 years now. Yeah. She's a cat and she is purring on my lap currently. Yeah. She also puts her asshole on everything. Mm-hmm. Which is what you look for in a life partner. Um, <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of The Revisionists. Uh, have a good time. February 8th, 1587. Mary, Queen of Scots, is executed. Legend has it that if you say Bloody Mary three times, she'll appear and talk shit about Protestants. February 8th, 1915. D.W. Griffith's movie, The Birth of a Nation, premieres in Los Angeles. It would later be adapted to the TV show Cops. February 8th. 1978. For the first time, proceedings of the U.S. Senate are broadcast over the radio, leading to the first episode of Foreign Relations Committee Zoo Crew with Peter Wildcat and Julie. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm let me sorry, see. I had to get so close to you. For that. <laughs> <clears throat> February 8th, 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, is executed on suspicion of having been involved in a plot to murder her cousin, murder being one of the few things royals were prohibited from doing with their cousins. Uh, February 8th, 1960, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is established and spends a glorious six hours not yet honoring any sex pests. (laughs) February 8th, 1946, the People's Republic of Korea is dissolved in the North, establishing the Provisional People's Committee of North Korea, honoring Kim Il-sung's love of inefficiently renaming things. (laughs) 